0: Coming up on HIDMT: Clean Technica reveals its Car of the Year. Tesla pulls a magic trick in the showroom, making Model S and Model Xs disappear. 4680 cell production teaser video, and I update local Tesla trends here in Ottawa. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of indeterminate length. For Saturday, January sixteenth, twenty twenty-one, episode twenty-five in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. CleanTechnica.com has announced its Car of the Year, and it's the best-selling electric vehicle in the world, even though it's being only delivered to customers in the United States and in Canada, they are of course referring to the Tesla Model Y. There's plenty of background information on how they determine the Car of the Year in the show notes below, including links to several articles and videos from the past year. Other vehicles in consideration for the Car of the Year include the Ford Mustang Mach-E, Lucid Air, Polestar 2, Rivian R1T, and the Volkswagen ID.3 and ID.4. Some of the determining factors for the Car of the Year point towards competitive pricing, performance and efficiency, and available tech to the driver, which includes infotainment and the driver's assist options. Now that's something to be said about the Tesla Model Y which was just released from production uh, last year and uh, they just started spooling up uh, out of Fremont to have the car of the year being awarded to the Tesla Model Y is something uh, to be said about the particular vehicle. It's uh, it's really nice to see that they're able to snatch that, uh, that award from Clean Technica. Now the Tesla Model Y is my favorite vehicle across Tesla's fl- uh, fleet uh, with exception to the Tesla model X, but that is cost prohibitive. So, uh, rather than, uh, lusting after a model X, uh, I think the Tesla model Y, especially with the standard rage variant that was released last week is something that is very interesting to me, um, on my pursuit to getting some sort of a Tesla in my driveway. So, uh, that's really great news for everyone who works for Tesla. And, uh, And all the, uh, I guess, the sales associates to actually have the uh, Tesla Model Y being the uh, car of the year from Clean Technica. So that's, uh, that's probably an award that is very well deserved. And while we're talking about the Tesla Model Y, a recent production run of the Model Y from Fremont appear to have the integrated mega casting rear end. Recent pictures provided to teslarati.com and Twitter user at TonyTeslaForLife compares an earlier release of the Model Y to a more current release with a VIN in the ninety-seven thousand range. Based on the supplied pictures, it looks like. Tesla has moved away from their initial testing and is now using two installed Gigapresses at Fremont to produce large single castings of the lower rear portion of the Model Y, thus reducing the overall parts count for the vehicle. And while we're talking about uh, Giga presses, there are more Giga press parts that have been delivered to Giga Factory Berlin. Tesserati.com has a story, for, and Twitter user GF4Tesla has several pictures of parked heavy haul trailers with presumably press parts from IDRA, who manufactured the Giga presses for Tesla. Three weeks ago in episode 22, I noted that IDRA has delivered the initial parts for just one of eight planned gigapresses for Gigafactory Berlin. With eight gigapresses, it'll probably take around 200 truckloads of materials just to be delivered for this one operation alone. More evidence of a refreshed Model S and Model X are building and much does it have to do with the movements from Tesla themselves. Many Tesla showrooms are now curiously devoid of Model S's and Model X's. As previously noted in my podcast, Tesla has shut down the production for both vehicles just started before christmas and production was to start up this past week many are suspecting that the shutdown has to do with a planned refresh of both vehicles something has not been done since 2016. although there's still no news on tesla's website i actually suspect that we'll be hearing from tesla about the refreshed models by the end of january so there are links to the story from tesla.com and from cnet.com in the show notes below now, not having these two particular vehicles in the Tesla showroom is actually a pretty big deal uh, for Tesla. This probably points to, a, to the refresh and the release of the uh, new Model S and Model X probably shortly, like I said, before the end of this month to actually pull those models away from the Tesla showrooms. Uh, indicates to me that they're actually probably very close to uh, releasing this information to new uh, to new uh, prospective buyers I also heard uh, and I can't remember where I saw the article but I did hear that the uh, sales staff in the Tesla showrooms have been uh, highly encouraged to offload as many um, Tesla X's and S's that they happen to have in inventory just to make room for the refresh for the 2021 calendar year. So I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens towards the end of the month and whether or not Tesla is able to finalize the details of the refreshed uh, models and get that information to the prospective customers who might be actually looking uh, to get uh, into an S or an X. In a recent recruiting video from Tesla, their new 4680 cells are shown in different stages of production. The article originates from Evanex, who makes and distributes uh, aftermarket accessories for Tesla vehicles. Although much of the proprietary technology for the creation of the 4680 cells is left out of the video, the video is actually still pretty uh, mesmerizing to see uh, with the amount of automation that is needed to produce each cell at volume. Tesla is currently using this video on LinkedIn as part of their hiring campaign for the battery production at Gigafactory Berlin. Current 4680 cell production is happening just down the street from the Fremont facility in California. Sandy Monroe from Monroe & Associates has something new in their workspace, and that is the new 2021 Tesla Model 3. The video in the link in the show notes below has Sandy looking at the overall exterior and interior fit and finish of the Model 3 dual motor long range variant. At first glance, the Model 3 still has many gapping issues and alignment issues around one side and along the back of the vehicle. Curiously, only one side of the vehicle appears to have the gapping and alignment issues while the opposite side is just fine, almost as though there were two different people that were tasked with panel gapping on the same vehicle. Overall paint quality and finish has improved since the first iteration of the Model 3 back in 2018. There are no issues with the interior of the Model 3 that were found, and Sandy had mentioned that more videos are planned in the future, looking at more specific components such as the suspension and possibly the use of the mega castings in the front and rear assemblies. So I suspect a full teardown will actually be happening in the next couple months. And after watching the video, you could uh, I think what happened is that Sandy had the vehicle uh, at the shop for about a week, but he had actually not seen anything from the vehicle until it was revealed in his video. And you can almost look at Sandy and the the look of disappointment whenever he was taking a look at the gapping issues and the alignment issues uh, along the passenger side of the vehicle right off the hop. So it's kind of uh, it, as much. Uh, as he was hoping to have all these issues taken care of, uh, you know, two or three years after his, his first initial teardown on the model three, it's, uh, it's still kind of funny to see him, uh, still, you know, talking about the same issues, uh, that were evident, uh, you know, two years ago. So I think, um, I think there's still hope for tesla to improve their overall fit and finish of their vehicles uh, especially coming out of fremont um, i guess this probably is more of a uh, an alert for any new prospective buyer that no matter which tesla you end up buying uh, to definitely start paying attention to the gapping uh, around the panels and the alignment uh, between the panels and some of the other fixers on the exterior of the vehicle uh, before you take uh, possession and drive away from uh, the, um, the the service center or the showroom. So uh, I think there are actually um, uh, checklists that you can go to so that you can remain on task whenever you are taking possession of your vehicle and you're not distracted by just how uh, you know glorious it is to actually get a Tesla. It's, it pays to actually... Stay focused during the uh, pre-delivery inspection and make sure that there are no uh, deficiencies on the vehicle um, that haven't been already previously identified during your uh, during your PDI. So, uh, next time you're taking the possession of your vehicle um, before you head out uh, to finalize the paperwork and take uh, take possession of that, definitely uh, go online and Google uh, you know checklists that are available for. Uh, whatever Tesla model that you end up purchasing. I think there are several that are available and they're broken down by uh, the the make and the model of the vehicle that you're purchasing. So uh, again, it's kind of funny to see uh, Sandy kind of still scratching his head uh, about the gapping issues and the, uh, the fixture alignment issues on the exterior of the car. Although he, overall, I think he was pretty uh, impressed with the improvements over his last inspection, which again, were from uh, 2018. Way back in episode five, I had a story regarding a solar roof tile job where a 14,000 kilowatt solar roof was installed along with two power walls for a total cost of around forty thousand dollars well that particular job has been now eclipsed almost four times with another solar roof installation in florida electric.co has the article where business owner tony cho recently had a huge 44 kilowatt solar roof installed consisting of over 800 individual panels and with four power walls Now, what is especially noteworthy uh, regarding this installation is the complexity of the roof, which has many differing pitches, uh, protrusion, and hips and valleys. With traditional solar roof uh, panels, the total coverage would have been significantly less than the Tesla solar roof uh, tiles. Now, at 44 kilowatts, the new solar roof Installation creates about 80% of the energy used on the sprawling retreat. And Tony Cho had also mentioned that the 26% federal tax credit in the U.S. has been recently extended, making the installation much more affordable. There are some construction videos and drone shots of the installation, so definitely check out the link in the show notes below. And like I said previously, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the solar roof tiles uh, that Tesla is generating out of Buffalo. Uh, it's really, it. I think the product that is being offered by Tesla is probably unmatched uh, against anybody in the solar roof um, industry. And what, uh, what I find really an irritant, uh, especially for um, homes in the Ottawa area, it seems that uh, a lot of small companies have uh, sprung up to install solar roof panels on top of roofs but to be honest they just they don't make the best use of the space that's available and they just look so hideous when they are finally done installing they're just huge panels that are usually um supported with uh, aluminum struts that have been fastened to the um uh, to the base roof that has already been in place. So it's just, it's just something that every time I see it, I just kind of shake my head. And I'm like, wow, I really hope that they are getting their money's worth out of that particular product. Because if it were up to me and I had the funds available, I would definitely be uh, checking out the, uh, solar roof, uh, tiles from Tesla, or even the solar roof panels. If, uh, if those, If that particular product is more in line with what will work best for the roof that I currently have, Um, even their solar roof panels look uh, so much better and it looks like the installation is so much cleaner than the installations that I see here around town. So uh, as Tesla has uh, starting to move forward to mass production of their solar roof panels and tiles, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for options that are going to be available to me probably in my next future home. And as we're getting close to the end of this podcast, we'll also take a look at the Gigafactory in Texas. And thanks again to Jeff Roberts and Joe Tegmeyer for their daily drone footage. In actually in Joe's uh, January 15th video, he provides us the basic layout for Gigafactory Texas. The Megapad area is actually drying out, making for a much cleaner and less uh, miserable working area. There are more concrete areas components at the southeast corner of the building, which is over the stamping plant, and the same thing goes for the northeast corner of the building, which encloses the casting plant. Based on the progress of the casting plant, a total of eight gigapresses are likely to be installed. There are large areas of the stamping plant that are currently built with steel reinforced uh, concrete slabs, and areas that were once treated as separate buildings are now being connected with more structural steel component, which actually makes me to think that the Gigafactory Texas will basically look like one huge building with drive-through corridors maybe for deliveries. Geopier work is almost done, and the old closed asphalt plant in the northeast corner of the Megapad area is now being used as a temporary covered warehouse for electrical and HVAC components. The west perimeter foundation wall is now exposed after curing, showing off the locations of many, many uh, loading bays, and there are a total of 18 mobile crawler cranes now on site, which is two more than that. Uh, operating two weeks ago. Now, that being said, there's still no underground infrastructure anywhere to be seen on site. And one of the things that struck me as the building progresses, the roof systems and floor systems are in place. The interior the Gigafactory will actually be incredibly dark. I would not be surprised if additional powerful lighting will be needed in order to complete work uh, during the day. Probably the same type of lighting that is needed for working at night. And because this is episode 25, we're going to take a look at the local EV stats that I'm seeing driving around. So uh, since mid-July, or about six months ago, I've driven a total of 17,000 kilometers. And Tesla still seems to be seen more often in Ottawa at a quite stable rate of 2 to 1 over all other EVs combined. And if you were to take the Nissan LEAF out of the equation, Tesla has a 4 to 1 lead over all other Uh, EVs here in Ottawa. And one of the funny things about tracking all the Teslas here in Ottawa is finding out which color is actually more popular. So say for instance, you wanted the most popular color for the Model S. Well, according to my uh, stats, that would be solid black, while the red multicoat is the least popular here in town. And actually the red multicoat was the least popular color across all four models. So if you want your Tesla to stand out from the sea of other Teslas that you see here in town in terms of color, maybe the red multicoat is the color for you or you can just simply get a wrap for your vehicle. According to my stats, the biggest jump from 10 weeks ago was a Model Y with an increase of 78% witnessed here in Ottawa. The remaining fleet of Teslas, the Model S's, 3s, and Xs, we're seeing 28% more often than were present around 10 weeks ago. The most popular non-Tesla EV remains to be the Nissan LEAF, while the least popular EV uh, is actually tied now with the Jaguar I-PACE and the Smart ED uh, vehicle. Well, that should pretty much do it for episode 25. If you're looking to purchase a Tesla and you want 1,000 free supercharging miles, Feel free to use my referral program link in the show notes below or head on over to ts.la slash Matthew 40942. According to Tesla, I have no new friends. <laughs> this, I'm starting to get used to that. So my current Tesla friend is Chatty. And uh, the overall hashtag, let's see, hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag vanishing Teslas. And the overall hashtag for this podcast is hashtag HIGMT. And if you have any emails for me, feel free to throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And as always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla by visiting howigotmytesla.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for How I Got My Tesla. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Covey.